We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is KCSN. Update your daily dose of Chiefs news and updates from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm former Chiefs reporter and insider BJ Kissel, and we are continuing our series this week, and it's Wednesday, which means we are going to be joined by YouTube legend. You know him at this point. His name is Brett Coleman, and he is going to join us to talk a little bit about the Colts game, and then we are going to turn the page on that finally and then uh, talk about the game on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which uh, if you've been following the news, you're a Chiefs fan, you're watching this video, understand that with the Hurricane Ian, that that game may end up getting moved. Uh, seems like Minnesota uh, is a likely place that that game may get moved. So change up that game a little bit, but um going to break it all down with Brett, who does a great job, not just covering uh, the Chiefs, obviously, with the focus that we, we talk about a lot, but covering the entire NFL. Can't wait to get his thoughts in just a second. Uh, but before we bring on Brett, here's a quick word from our presenting sponsor of KCSN Update and DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you could boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. And now we welcome on YouTube legend Brett Coleman himself because it's Wednesday and that's what we do here at KCSN Update. Brett, how are we doing today, my guy? Uh, I'm good. I, I, I watched 10 football games in 18 days and I'm ready to be home for a little while. I think, I think it'll be a nice change of pace. You might be the uh, absolute, I know like a handful of guys that this fits for. You might be like an absolute definition of like a football guy. 
Like somebody <laughs> described me once as a football guys guy and that like, I love it. I could watch film. I could do all that. But the amount of time that you guys put into this, like I could, can't do it to that level. And so like, I'm a guys guy. I'll have the conversations with you. I'd love talking ball with you, but uh, you could sit, I would not to make, you know, assumptions about you, but I feel like you could sit in a, in a dark room with, you know, a former NFL coach and watch film for just hours and hours and hours and be in heaven. Yeah. You deliver a pizza to us. I don't think we ever have to leave. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, um, I need you to deliver some good takes for us right now, because if you, I know you watch the chiefs game, obviously against the Colts. Uh, we spent the last three days. Um, I have talking about the special teams and I don't think that's fair anymore. I think it's time to turn the page. I uh, normally say like 24 hours or you got till midnight to complain, uh, gave ourselves about 72 hours uh, this time. So uh, what I would like to do on this episode uh, for the next 20 minutes or so, Brett, because you're so well versed in what's happening down on the field without knowing, you know, without being in those meeting rooms, you'd still you have an eye. You can kind of see schematically what's going well, what's going wrong and how far things are off from actually turning into, you know, successful plays. And so what I'd like to do on this episode is just get, you know, three takeaways three things that you noticed that you feel like are pretty easily correctable for the Chiefs particularly on offense because we've seen them struggle a little bit over the last couple of weeks I think most of us kind of chalked the Thursday night game up to short week going up against a really good defense with the Colts I not to say that they're not professionals out there but they are not Joey Bosa Khalil Mack and Derwin James out there on that side of the ball especially without Shaq Leonard and so uh, I'd like to go through three things with you and uh, kind of make us feel a little bit better about where things could head, hopefully sooner rather than later as the Chiefs get ready for the Bucks on Sunday night with the whole world watching. Uh, and I know that they're going to want to get things figured out. But uh, let's. what do you got for us uh, for the first thing that you feel like you saw from the Chiefs that you feel like is pretty easily correctable and not as far off as maybe the sky is falling type Chiefs fans that I know are out there that are worrying if this is going to be something we're going to see all season long? Uh, handling big body receivers, I would say, is the first one, which I know a lot of it comes down to, okay, corners having good technique and playing physical and everything like that. But, you know, going into the game, I thought they might struggle a little bit to handle Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman's combined size, especially because Traverius is no longer there. And that's kind of what Traverius did was go yep. into a boxing ring and beat people up. Um I, I worried they were going to struggle with that if those guys played, and they did play. And in crucial situations, they struggled with it. I would love the DB coaches to get with their guys and really emphasize, like, it's not just enough to stack on top of a receiver, a big-body receiver like Alec Pierce. Like, if you're going chest-to-chest, chest, you need to play chest-to-chest, chest, and you yeah. need to be on him physically, like trying to muscle him into the sideline. And as soon as you see those eyes go back and those hands go up, your hands need to go with it. And mm -hmm. you cannot concede space against a big body because they're not going to give any space back to you. So that's a big thing. I think there were some big catches that were preventable if you have better technique. Uh, number two thing, there was kind of a viral clip that went around of Clyde, you know, yep. quote, quote, missing a hole in outside zone and Jeff Schwartz and but Mitchell Schwartz made a good point too. It, calling outside zone with the back from shotgun, I should say with the back weak, and then trying to make him take a really long path. That's very flat. Um, mm -hmm. It's a much different path than if you're calling outside zone either from pistol or from under center. And it's yeah. basically like, you're just asking him to go here and then here. And it's very East West until it demands you to go North South. 
Yeah. And Clyde's not necessarily that type of runner. Like you basically need Reggie Bush to make that work. Somebody who can cover a lot of ground really quickly and really press those linebackers front side and then slam your foot in the ground and get upfield. Clyde is not necessarily, he's a good running back, but he's not that style of runner. Clyde is more get downhill, you know, kind of do like that hop step square up and then he can kind of get lateral on you while he's still square to the sideline. It's, it's a very different type of running style. That I and there was some think. initial penetration. It felt like that was going to change some of those oh, angles. Sure. On that particular play, I think I saw Jason Don, a former Chiefs tight end, that got in there and started commenting about. There were like two plays that a lot of people brought up. It was both invite, involved Clyde, uh, but that one, to your point, um, not knowing the X's and O's of it, but when you look at it from the running back's perspective and where he's supposed to go, that penetration from the D tackle right there on the center right guard combo, I think is what it was, kind of limited where he could go and what he initially is trying to read on that play. Uh, made it even more difficult, but. And you remember last week when we talked, like what was the most important part? And I said it was interior offensive line versus interior defensive line because Grover Stewart and DeForest and all them guys, I was like, this running game is going to depend on how well they move those guys off the ball. And if they don't yep. win that matchup, they're probably not going to win the game. Well, they didn't win that matchup and they couldn't win the game. Like I know there was other stuff that went into it, like special teams and yada, yada, yada. But the fact remains, they couldn't run the damn ball. <laughs> so, you know, the, the Colts hung in the game for as long as they did because their interior defensive line won that matchup. And that's something the Chiefs are going to have to correct. Or guess what? They're going to have just as much trouble with Vita Vea. Hmm. Yeah. They've got they've got a tougher matchup on side. Hard to say because we, very rarely have we seen the Chiefs offense, you know, be just a click off and that's why i kind of want to i'm going to probably set you up for the third thing <laughs> to talk about because the passing game and i know that uh, matt hamilton and matt castle will touch on it on the breakdown that you can find uh the podcast audio and you can find the video on our youtube channel but felt like they really weren't that far off on some big play opportunities um offensively and it wasn't about the receivers not necessarily being open although you know everything in a vacuum you can find plays to kind of counter any example that you come up with uh, but I know that there was some stuff to be made about Gus Bradley kind of changing uh, what he had done historically against the Chiefs with how much cover three he was running and then kind of inverting and doing some different things from a coverage standpoint that hadn't really done against the Chiefs with as many times as he had played against them. <clears throat> running some man, having those bigger bodies get off man coverage, some more man coverage that the Chiefs have seen over the last few years because they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. I know that was kind of a thought that was thrown out there, but going back and watching a handful of opportunities the Chiefs had that really changed the complexion of a game when you're looking at two or three big plays where it was the pressure. It was the offensive line just not giving Mahomes that extra half second of time to hit someone down the field. What did you notice as far as the Chiefs passing game and just kind of, I would say the anemic looking offense, but compared to relative to what we expect from that group, how far off do you think that passing game is based on not only what Gus Bradley was doing to change things up, their reaction to it, but then just a simple execution standpoint up front to give him time. The thing that has really struck me uh, so far this season, this includes even in the games where the offenses look good, the ability to get cheap yards. And what do I mean by cheap yards? It's first and 10, you're in shot territory in between the 40s and yep. – you know, you just want to set yourself up so that minimum you're getting three. Like as long as we can score every drive and and not stall out and, 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 you know, get three no matter what. 
they used to be able to do that around shot territory when teams were scared to death of that shot and they yeah. would back everybody off. And we're, and we're not just playing like quarters where the backside receivers and we're playing quarters where everybody's 10 yards back and they're like, go ahead, throw underneath. Yeah. They used to be able to get cheap yards out of that because they could still just, okay, let me throw to the flat Tyreek. He's going to get nine yards anyway. And all of a sudden you yeah. go from the 45 to, you know, the, plus 46 or whatever it is. And then you're 10 yards away from field goal range. You know, you hit Travis again. It, it, it was very easy for them to go from shot territory to, okay, we've got three. Yeah. I haven't seen that as much this year where we get to midfield and we expect them to at least just get another 15 yards. so We can get points out of the drive and they stall out and then they stall mm -hmm. out and then they stall out. The frustrating lack of cheap yards so far, I think, has been a big difference. And I think they're going to have to find a way to use the weapons they do have to just get the gimme plays. That's what we said going into the year. Like, they can still produce, but they need to take what a defense is giving them. And I, I don't think they're doing that yet. So is this an identity thing? You think they're still figuring out who they are in those situations because it's different. They don't have Tyreek and not that they can't execute it, but they haven't been in these situations to know how defense is going to play them differently. And then what their answer is going to be. Do you think this is just a, a long game chess match that, you know, every defense every week does things a little bit differently, but are you seeing any kind of consistency between the Cardinals, the chargers, the Colts in taking away some of those cheap yards? Or are they all doing it so differently that you literally have to come up with different kinds of answers within the confines of the scheme that you're playing? Is that, that, that makes sense where like every team does things a little bit differently. They want to take away or they're taking away some of those cheap yards because there's not, you know, some of those threats that there have been in the past. How do you combat that? Is this just Andy Reid needing more examples of things to really figure out what's the best for them in those situations to get some more of those easy yards? So the thing that people need to understand is any defense that anybody calls, you're giving up something. There's going to be a bubble in the front that you can run at somewhere. There's going to be a corner that is out leveraged somewhere. There's going to be a matchup, a one-on-one -on -one matchup somewhere that you like. There is no perfect defense in this game at all. And it's on the offensive coaching staff and it's on Pat every time they line up to figure out, okay, where's my bubble? Where's my matchup? Where's my leverage? And you have to get into the right play to get those cheap yards back because there is zero defenses in this game that don't have some cheap yards that they're conceding somewhere in the structure. You're basically just choosing what you're going to defend. And it's on the offense to then counterpunch. They used to, when Tyreek was there, he was always going to be the guy who had the space and who had the matchup. And it was an easy decision because yeah. very few defenses could, even if they were built to stop Tyreek, they, they, they couldn't stop him from getting eight yards. And so I think the decision's a lot harder now. I think the, the, the picture is a lot murkier now in terms of finding where the bubble is and finding where the matchup is and where the leverage is. They have to be able to get better at doing that. So, you know, if, you, if you're lining up in, in shotgun and you see Grover Stewart is at the one technique and then they set the three away from Clyde, don't call outside zone into that. Like, call literally anything. Like, call something where maybe you try to wash Grover down and then you hinge the tackle out. And then, you know, if you get Travis coming in on like an insert, like run away from the three technique. Don't run into the th run away from the freaking 
where they're setting the front to, you know, there's answers yeah. there. You can do it. You just have to get into the right answers. So that's kind of what I want them to do is like, go back to basics, look at the defense, look at what they're giving <laughs> you and take that. All right. As we look forward to the matchup that they have against one of the top defenses in the entire national football league with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night, uh, a game that looks like it may be end up being played in Minnesota or somewhere else because of hurricane Ian coming in. But you know, what do you expect the, the key matchups to be in this one? And if Chiefs fans are, are listening to this on the podcast or watching on YouTube, please go ahead and like and subscribe uh, to this channel while you're watching. But uh, you know, what are the matchups? What are the things based on what you're telling us right now that Chiefs fans could look for uh, based on what the Bucks like to do, what they're really good at? And what are some of those counters that you would like to see the Chiefs have um, to kind of get things going in the right direction? I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in the low red zone because we saw something happen um, last week when Tampa played Green Bay. And this is something that Tampa's done actually multiple times over multiple years. They've even done it to the Chiefs before. I don't recall ever seeing them do it in the red zone, though, and it was really interesting where they dropped Vita Vea and they played like a, a drop eight coverage from like the five-yard line. And they dropped Vita Vea on the goal line so that the linebackers – could basically sell out and overplay anything that broke to the flats because if there was an option yeah. route or an angle route or anything like that that broke back inside, Vita Vea was going to be there to turn whoever caught that ball into a fine pink mist, which is what happened to Aaron yeah. Jones and they forced a fumble on the goal line. I can almost guarantee you that if we get to the five-yard line, they're going to do that again yeah. um, just because we know that Kansas City's probably not going to run the ball from the five-yard line. They historically don't like to do that because they're not very good at it. Um, and so I can almost guarantee you they're going to call that coverage. I am really fascinated to see what their answer for it is because they, they're going to have to come into this game with an answer for that. If they feel like they're going to get that look, they need to know what to do when they get it. What do you, what are your expectations of how the chiefs are going to perform? I mean, you've been covering the league for a long time. You've seen Andy Reid, and that's what I've been trying to tell chiefs fans. We get caught up in our feels and I was as frustrated as everybody, but you know, we've seen them struggle. We've seen them struggle for a few games in a row. And that was even going back to when Alex Smith was the quarterback or Matt Moore or anybody else that's had to step in at any point is that Andy Reid always seems to have an answer. It takes them a little bit, but they rarely struggle for an inconsistent period of time without, to your point, there's an answer to everything. And that he doesn't become one of the best coaches in NFL history by not having answers to problems that they're facing, even if it takes a few games to figure out, you know, what are we doing? Where are we lacking some of the execution, some of the maybe recognizing things that they haven't seen in the past because the personnel is different uh, and all of that. But, you know, what are you most looking forward to seeing how the Chiefs kind of change up what they're doing to get some of the answers to some of the things that they've been running into? I mean, a lot of it just comes down to execution. Like you mentioned, there, there were guys open. There were opportunities there. You just got to block better. You know, you got to catch better. You got to, if you're on defense, like don't let DBs out muscle you for free. Make them pay for it. Like it's so much about execution. Like a coach can call the right play, but if it's not executed properly, you know, you're SOL anyway. Um, and, and to Chiefs fans, I just want to say this. Do you guys remember last year? And the year before that, in the year before that, like how many years in a row, you know, whether it's the Spagnolo defense, historically not figuring it out until mid-October. This year they figured it out earlier, but like mm -hmm. how many years were we like, okay, just give it to Halloween, the defense will be fine. And then guess what? <laughs> they were fine and they would make playoff runs. Last year, you know, they started out even rougher than this. Like the, last yeah. year's team looked worse than this one at this time last year. And what did we say? 
it's the Chiefs. They'll be fine. They'll put it together. And then they were fine, and they put it together. When are you guys going to learn? You got a good football team. You just got to give them like a month and a half to, to get right, and they'll figure it out. They always figure it out. You'll be fine. Yeah. It's the you know instant gratification world that we live in right now. You can get any answer to anything that you want to know by picking up your phone. You get that answer in two seconds. People aren't as patient. I, I, no, I know as they used to be. And, and luckily for myself, for Craig, and for a lot of the guys on KCSN, and a lot of the content creators around Chiefs, I mean, Seth Kaiser, Matt Verderam, like we all were at Arrowhead Pride at the same time years ago in 2009 when the chiefs were not very good we were creating content like we know the difference like a lot of people do they just kind of forget about it and they get kind of caught up and start to feel themselves a little bit as fans uh they gotta have a little perspective on what's going on give them you know some grace to figure some things out we knew there was going to be some personnel changes and to your point they're seeing some different things and even if they know their personnel is different. They know what they like to do. They still don't know how teams are going to play them differently, to your point, in those shot areas between the 40s. You don't know that until you get out there and face it, try things, they don't work, and then come up with answers. And so mm-hmm. I, I love the perspective there. Um, what are your expectations? It's one final question regarding the game against the Bucks on Sunday. What do you expect in this game? What If you had to prognosticate how you think this game is going to go down, uh, how are you feeling about Chiefs-Bucks on Sunday? I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Um, the Bucks are really banged up, really banged up. Um, and the Chiefs are still figuring it out. They're still going through that process. Now, I favor the Chiefs, um, again, because the, the Bucks are very banged up. You know, I think it came out uh, today that Julio has like a partially torn PCL. So who knows when we're going to see him? Um, you know, Godwin's bank, like literally their, their entire starting <laughs> receiving core is injured yeah. or gone. Um not to mention the offensive line is a ton of injuries. So defensively, I think the Chiefs have a massive advantage. And then defensively for the Bucks, I think right now they have an advantage over Kansas City. So I don't expect a whole lot of points. But that being said, all things being equal, because the Chiefs are healthier and because they have a more dynamic course. Don't take this the wrong way. They have a more dynamic <laughs> you quarterback than what Tom Brady is right now. Like I'm not yeah. saying Tom's not the GOAT. He is. Home's got a long way to go, but in terms of who's more dynamic on the field right now, they have the more dynamic quarterback and they're healthier. I still favor the Chiefs, but whatever the over-under is, I think it's like 45 or something like that. I'm I'm probably going under on that. All right. Good stuff. That is Brett Coleman, YouTube legend. You can check out his YouTube channel at Brett Coleman, and you can find him on Twitter with the same handle as well. Brett, always enjoy talking with you, my guy, and hopefully next week when we chat, we're talking about a Chiefs victory, and everybody's in a much better mood uh, than spending three days talking about the Chiefs special teams, kickers, muffed punts, fake field goal attempts, bringing the ball out of the end zone with 24 seconds to go to only get a 15-yard return, uh, and taking the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Uh, lot, That's why everybody's so on. mad. You you can take a loss. You can't take a loss because of special teams. That's why people are mad. I, I've made this comment before that it, probably seven times over the last three days of all the shows that we do, that it's the first time since I've been watching or covering Chiefs football since 2009 that I can definitively feel that the Chiefs lost the game because of special teams and not because there's some, you know, field goal at the end that they missed like, ah, special teams lost this second. No, that was one play. We're talking like six or seven things from execution on the field to execute, like just bad decision-making before pre-snap bad decision-making during the play. I mean, there was a litany of issues uh, on the Chiefs special teams. And it's surprising because we don't normally see that. Uh, And they've either been solid or well above average 
uh, with Dave Tobe's unit. So hopefully Harrison Butker is back. I know they signed another kicker. Um, I think it's Matthew Streeter to the practice squad and Amendola got let go, which is not surprising at all. Uh, but expect that group to be much better. Expect the running game uh, to be an emphasis for what the Chiefs have, because not that it's ever going to be a huge part of an Andy Reid offense anyway, as much as we like to think it is. Um, there needs to be you know, more consistency than I think it was 18 carries for 31 yards from running backs against the vaunted Colts defense that did not include, you know, their best player in the front seven and Shaq Leonard. So uh, that was a tough one to swallow, but hopefully uh, we see him get back on track. But Brett, man, we always appreciate you joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday again. Hopefully talking about Chiefs. See you then. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.